Hello, family and friends. I'm honored again for day four with Pastor Daryl from Mount Carmel, Illinois, with the River Church, and we're going to get started right here in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for Pastor Daryl and his message. We come hungry for what you have for us today through Pastor Daryl, not only to hear your word, but to be a doer of your word, Father. We thank you for it. We choose to be a bright light in this dark world. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Well, Pastor Darrell, I'm going to let you pick it up from where we were yesterday. Amen. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. And thank you for all that are listening. I want to get into kind of give a little explanation to what I was sharing with yesterday's podcast. And talking about the parable of what we know as we call him the prodigal son. I believe he has a different name. I believe his name is the redeemed heir. That he would, even in his prodigal living, he was never not a son. He was always a son. And so I want to kind of pivot into this story and narrative and, and try to cover most of it in this one, if at all possible. <laughs> Ten minutes goes by pretty fast <laughs> as we were discussing. <laughs> I just want to say this on the outset. One of the things that the Lord took me into in the middle of the wilderness was finding out uh, devotional intimacy. I found out that proximity to him is more important than anything I could ever encounter in my life. And the closer I get to him, the more like him I become. Our whole point and desire is to be the mirror, the image of God on the earth. You know, I, I can't wait for Jesus to come back. I want him to come back. I pray for his return all the time. But I, I'm not going to hide myself in a back room, and, and that's all I'm going to do. Amen. I'm going to be about the Father's business, uh, being the, the image of God on the earth. The plan that God's had for humanity from the beginning with Adam in a garden has never changed. Amen. It's the same plan today as it was then. Yes. That we'd be about the Father's business, that we would ever be expanding His yep. garden. That was Adam's design and his role at the beginning. It's our our role now on the earth as His sons and daughters on the earth. Amen. And so I want to be His image to represent Him. You know, not just represent, I want to represent him on the earth. Amen. And so this story helped me in the midst of this because I've grown up into my entire life believing that, and, I, and I'm going to say this and, and just let me explain, that I always had viewed God as he's this mean God that's going to judge everything, right? We know he's a God that is, is going to judge, right? Mm -hmm. But we also know that the word teaches us that the wrath of God stored up for the unrighteous, mm -hmm. Okay. But yet, growing up in church, we all—I I had always had God presented to me as a—he he was a judge in a courtroom with a black robe on and a gavel in his hand. Mm -hmm. And in in this scenario, it, it, you know, and some of you might be going, "Man, I don't know about that. That's kind of a little different." I, I, let me put it this way, because this will register with you at home, and I'll tell you why it is very—it's the same thing as what I'm saying about him being a judge in a courtroom with a black robe and a gavel in his hand. Mm -hmm. You and I were taught a lot of times that Jesus was the good cop and God was the bad cop. God literally wanted to kill you, and Jesus is there with his blood saying, please, Lord, have mercy on them. Mm -hmm. The absolute farthest cry from what the image of God actually is. And so this story portrays to us the image of what a true father was. In this story, you have a prodigal son. You have a son who's living prodigal living. He's actually a son, never was not a son, but yet he's caught up in his sin, and he comes to himself and he and he comes up with what he's going to do for repentance. Now, 
you got to understand the culture of the day, which helps us stay in the context of Scripture. The culture of the day, what most listeners don't know, because, you know, to be honest with you, we don't study enough. We don't mm-hmm. ever get into the Word, yeah. and we don't study. We just take what somebody says, and we're like, hey, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. And then we just go and regurgitate what we've heard instead of go studying it out. Yeah. And so what I found out in this Scripture and in the culture of the day was this. For this young man to actually ask for a, many people say, well, this young man was just greedy. Well, actually, he's not greedy. It's, this, isn't, this is way less about money than we make it. Mm-hmm. Because in his scenario, in the culture of the day, for a son to ask for an inheritance from the father, when he did that in this story, he was literally saying to his father, I wish you were dead. Because he wasn't even really rightfully allowed to ask for his inheritance. And he didn't want the whole thing. He just wanted what what was going to be his. Mm -hmm. And so the father grants him what is his. Mm -hmm. And he goes and squanders it all. Now in that culture, for him to squander it all and do what he did to his father by even asking for his inheritance, he's already disgraced the family. And he's not just disgraced the family to his face, to the father to his face, but he's disgraced the actual community he's living in. Because they know you don't do this. You violated a major cultural principle that's been taught. This is Jewish custom. that you, you're, you're breaking every bit of it and you can't do that. Yeah. And so therefore, it, it, when you dishonored your mother and father in the Jewish times, the punishment was death by stoning. And so we see here the true heart of a father. He's going to come back and he knows at the most the father may let him be a servant in the house. When he comes to his senses and comes to himself in the midst, I mean, this this dude's not at the bottom of the barrel. He's under the barrel yeah. when he comes. I mean, he's eating things that, that pigs won't even eat. Mm-hmm. And he's touching things that for his culture, he's, he's unclean for what he's touching. Mm-hmm. So he comes back to the father. And here's the interesting thing about this story. In the culture of that time, the culture was is when if you were to do something like this and, and a son was to come home, the reason the father would come and look to see if his son was coming every day, which is what he does in the story, he's looking to see, is my son coming home today? And no, he's not. And then all of a sudden he sees him. And in the story, the father actually grabs his gown, his robe. It was a, he would wear a robe. And, and he, when he grabs it and he, and he pulls it up, because in, those, in, the, in the, the clothing they wore, you wouldn't be able to run. You would be, you, it would be hard for you to move and everything. So when he pulls it up and runs, it was actually undignified for him to do that. He's violating culture in and of itself by running. The mere fact that he's showing his legs at all is a sign that this man is crazy. He's off his rocker and he's violating our culture and he ought to be ashamed of himself. But what he was actually doing was he was, the mere fact that his son was coming back to the road, daddy's already same about our heavenly father he's already ready to extend forgiveness the if you read the story slowly and go study it the prodigal son was going to say all kinds of things he never even got a chance to say a whole lot and daddy was already calling for the robe because in their day for what the the people would do is they would stand at the city gates and they would watch for people like the the redeemed heir coming home and what they did, would do is the citizenry would announce that so-and-so's coming home. They would recognize him and they would go and they would literally meet him and they would take clay, a clay pot and they would bust it over his head. And they would sing songs about his, his about him that were belittling. They would talk terrible to him. They would treat him un, and he would never have a right to ever be a son. What he had done violated his right to ever be a son again. 
in the culture of the day. And so here the prodigal son comes, daddy sees him, pulls his robe off, runs, and he's running out to meet him. And I believe he's running out to meet him, Greg, because he's there to cover his son in his sin. He's not, not to hide it, but he's there to give him a robe. Now, it's interesting because in the context of this scripture, the robe that he has would be in a very important robe. He had to send his service to go get it. Not only did he do that, but the, the prodigal son doesn't even get to, to say why, why, how sorry he is. The father cuts him off, kisses him, puts a robe on his back, puts a ring on his finger, which is a signet ring, which allowed him to, which is saying this, not only this, he just wanted to be a servant, remember? That's all the son wanted is just come back and be a servant. Well, he couldn't just be a servant now because he's got a robe, he's got a ring, he's got the signet ring, and then on top of it, he gets shoes. Only sons are allowed to wear shoes in the culture. None of the servants had shoes, and he comes and he's got shoes, right? So he's, he, now he's got the robe. We know this. We know what the what what this is representing. The robe of righteousness, right? Yep. So the Father, just like just like Jesus dies on the cross, and His righteousness is imputed to us. The Father is showing His love to His Son, who's coming home, and He's imputing His righteousness with the robe covering Him, right. and He's basically telling the people, "You want to mess with my Son? You got to go through me, because I'm staying." I'm the only one that can say whether he's a son and he's a son. And he gives him the signet ring. He just spent it with, with, with harlots and everything else, all, the, all, all of what he had prior. Yeah. And now, the, now daddy is giving him the signet ring, which allows him to make, it, it allows him to purchase and buy and make decisions concerning the entire household wow. to the guy who just squandered everything he was given. Yeah. And he gives him a shoe. Or not a shoe, but shoes. Gives him shoes, right? And so then we, we get on into this. It's, it's, it's just a great story about what God does for you and I. Yeah. That even in the midst of our worst moment, we're never not a son. But in the midst of our worst moment, he's there to put a robe on our back, a ring on our finger, and, and to put shoes on our feet. Wow. And, not, and, and, and even to the extent deeper than that, to kiss us. Wow. When we feel like we don't ever measure up, he's there to put, impute his righteousness upon us. Now, it takes us acting. It, it, it's not just, well, we can live however we want mm-hmm. to and we're always going to have a robe and a ring and a yeah. sandal. That's yeah. that's not what I'm talking about at all. The prodigal son had to make an effort to come back. Yes, he did. But the, the biggest part of the story is this, real quick as we end, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do something else. But I've been that guy. I've been the other brother. I've been the brother that, here he is. Look what he did. I've been in the house. Daddy, I've been doing this for you and this and that. Mm-hmm. And basically... The father has to deal with the heart of the son who's in the house, yeah. who pretends like everything's okay, yeah. but it's really not with him. Yeah. He's really not, his heart is not right in the middle of living in daddy's house. Yeah. He's eyes on everybody else. He is possessive of everything. He's actually the one that has the issue of, of being greedy. He's yeah. actually the one that has the issue of, well, look at him. But the to close this out, the people in the story that are there to ready to in the culture to bust the pot over his head and, and criticize him is what the church has been to a lot of people who have been in prodigal living, who have been sons that have come back in. They want to always remind them and throw into their face of who they used to be. This guy, when he came back, was not a prodigal son anymore. He was not lost anymore. He was a redeemed heir instantaneously when daddy 
release that to him with the robe of righteousness, the signet ring, and the sandals on his feet. Praise God. Why don't you pray for us, Pastor? That was awesome. Father, we thank you today. Lord, we thank you for your word, Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can see what you've done in our life through this, Lord, through this story. So, Father, we just ask right now that uh, as I what I had to share would minister to the hearts of people, God. Lord, if you have any of them that are, that are sons that are living in prodigal living, Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you'd move on their heart and draw them home. I pray that they would make that decision to come home, to, to, to be in Daddy's house, to be in your house, to serve you for all the days of their life. We thank you, Jesus, for your shed blood, Lord, that, get, that, that released the forgiveness of our sins, Lord. And we thank you and praise you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor. You can contact Pastor at his church at the River Church in Mount Carmel, Illinois, or at theriverchurchmtc.com on the web. We sure love you all. Please go talk to someone about Jesus today. And remember, Jesus thought about you on the cross at Calvary. Amen.